This is our third session. I think it's our last session on chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. Who, namely Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's creation. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So this is the church. Let's sum up what we've seen in the creation and make sure we take note of the two things here that we haven't yet focused on. In him all things hold together, and he is before all things. Here's the summary. Christ is God, the image of the invisible God. If you see Christ, you have seen God. And he will make that plain in verses following as well. Second thing we've seen, he is son over creation. Firstborn over, we saw why of means over creation. Three, which may imply that creation is his inheritance. Three, he created everything, all things. Fourth, all things are created by him for Christ, for his glory, for his supremacy, to manifest and display his greatness. For him are all these things created. And now, five. He is before all things. And you might say, well, why point that out? That's obvious, because if he made all things, he had to be before them. Well, it may be obvious, but it needs saying because it is a glorious truth. Namely, things, things that seem so real to us, are not the ultimate things. They had a beginning, but reality was before that, and reality was Christ. Christ is before all. The all things come into being. Christ doesn't come into being. He's before all things. And then finally, in him all things hold together, as it says here in Hebrews 1.3. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So, moment by moment, you could say millisecond by millisecond, your arms, hands, hair, tongue, lungs exist by his will. And I think he says this just to draw out the implications of what it means to be the creator. He goes on holding in being what he has brought into being so that we are not 
dependent on him the way, say, a watch is dependent on a watchmaker. We are dependent on him because at every millisecond, the watch would vanish out of existence if the watchmaker stopped willing for the watch to be. That's an amazing dependence. How radically entranced with and besotted with Christ ought our view of the world to be, living in ever-consciousness of Christ's upholding all things and holding us together. So six, all things upheld, upheld by him. So that's creation. And now we turn, just briefly, to show that in everything he might be preeminent, he's going to draw attention to the preeminence of Christ in three ways. One, he's the head of the body. He must assume that the church in Colossae had been taught about this imagery of Christ being the head and and the church being the body of Christ, because he just drops it in here without any explanation at all. He's going to pick up on it. We might notice a couple of those places. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. And what does he make of the head? From whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth from God. So the head, he underlines, is preeminent in being the source of all nourishment and the source of all holding the body together. And then in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body and be thankful. So he's simply going to show in the coming chapters that being the body of Christ has distinct behavioral implications. But let's go back here. Here he's simply saying the head is clearly the preeminent part of the body. He drew out some implications of that, and now we're to understand that even the church knows Christ as preeminent, not just creation. And then he says he is the beginning. I'm going to come back to that at the end in just a minute. He is the firstborn. This is the same word as here, firstborn over all creation. Here it's firstborn from. This is the the Greek word ek, not the genitive. So among all the dead, from all the dead, God has willed that his son take the preeminent place. He is the first fruits of all the dead over all resurrection. So he's preeminent as head of the church. He's preeminent as the church comes into being in its resurrection from the dead at the end, in its full glorified state. All of it, in everything that he might be preeminent. Let's end here. This is so intriguing to me. Let me suggest something. He is the beginning. 
and he states it just absolutely. And if he hadn't started a new section here on the church, you'd say he's the beginning, namely the beginning of creation, and it might include that. But since probably he's just spent so much time on Christ as the creator here, and clearly then the beginning of all creation in that sense, this seems to start over. And I'm going to suggest that this is the, so if, if he was the beginning of creation as creator, now he's the beginning of new creation in an absolute sense. Maybe that's why this stands here in such isolation. He is the beginning. And he unfolds one aspect of that, namely, he is the beginning of the resurrection from the dead. So what are we to think about that unit right there? Clearly, the creation part comes to climax with, it's all for Christ. And here he sums up the whole thing. It's all to show his preeminence. And I think the way he wants us to conclude this, or conclude in our minds and in our affections, is when he just taught back in chapter 1, verses 13, that we are delivered from the authority of darkness by this Christ. And we are transferred from darkness to the kingdom of his Son. He wants us to know that the one who did that transferring, who did that delivering, is unspeakably majestic, great, glorious, divine, powerful, upholding all things and for whom all things exist. He did this, he did this, and he is the Son, the firstborn in whose kingdom you are, and he is loved by the Father. You are in a safe place, and not just a safe place, but an all-satisfying place, because the one to whom you look now is the infinitely supreme Son of God in every way that could possibly entrance you and satisfy you.